Welcome to the Gym Lords Podcast, where we talk to real gym owners and share their stories, their trials, and what's working for them right now. To apply to be a guest on this podcast, click the link in the description. Hope you enjoy and subscribe. What's going on, everyone? Welcome back to another episode of the Gym Lords Podcast. I will be your host today. My name is JJ Hernandez, and joining us on the show today is a very special guest. It is the one and only Joan with Club Pilates. Joan, happy Friday. What's going on? How are you feeling today? Thank you. I feel just fine. The weather's not. There we go. (laughs) There we go. There we go. I love it. I love it. Look, Joan, we're excited to have you on today. And we're definitely ready to dive into the nitty gritty of what you have going on with Club Pilates. But, you know, first, we want to give you the floor here and give you the opportunity to go ahead and show the viewers and tell the viewers how you describe your business. How would you describe Club Pilates? Well, I was fortunate to be able to buy a franchise for one club um, early on when Club Pilates was expanding. I had had some experience with um, Pilates reformer work and it had been wonderful. And now to be able to offer that to many people and to see the effects that it has on a great many people has been just amazing. I love that. I love that. That's awesome. And so, you know, we'll start with the bare bones basics here, Joan. Um, How many members are you serving currently? We're serving about 190. Gotcha. Gotcha. And so, you know, for you, especially being a Pilates club here, um, what's been the best method of getting new people interested and in through the door? Generally, it's been through customer recommendations, friend on friend. That has been the best. On the other hand, of course, we get a lot of leads from uh, offering free introductory classes on Facebook and Google. But I personally prefer when a member brings in a friend or a relative and says, come try this because it's made a difference in my mind and my body. And I think it will help you too. Yeah. And I I can agree to that. I think that's a big testament to, to your fulfillment, to how good you are at what you do, right? People are going to enjoy what you're doing, enjoy your service, and they're going to talk about it. I think that's inevitable. Um, and I think that's, that's, it's obviously, I think we can all agree as fitness professionals, right. And then being frustrated myself in the past, someone who's always referred, it's always the easiest kind of conversion because they trust you. They trust their family member or their friend, whoever referred them to you. And then they're going to trust you in turn. Cause if Rebecca says, Hey, this is a great experience. Go to Joan. They're not going to think any t- <laughs> twice. They're going to make sure well, you loved it and you got good results. I'm going to go as well. So I-, I love that. I love that. I think that's awesome. And so, you know, kind of curious, right? Because again, being a, a Pilates studio here, um, I want to get your perspective. What do you think, you're 190 members now, right? If leads, traffic, clients, all of these were unlimited here. I mean, Joan, how much higher can you go? How much more can you handle? What's capacity? It's hard to know because there are favorite times that everybody wants to come. Mm, and yes. There's a limitation of how many people you can have and in any one class. In our case, it's 11. Uh, a typical Club Pilates studio has 12 reformers 
we have 11 because our space is smaller. We were the second Club Pilates in New Jersey. And um, I think that corporate was kind of hurried us. They were eager to, you know, when you go into a franchise, franchise situation, um, the, the, over, the corporate overlords are thinking about them much more than they're thinking about you. And um, so we kind of, I didn't know anything about retail rental space. And so we took this space. It was low rent because it wasn't very big. But on the other hand, it's only 11 reformers and absolutely no storage space. So I, my advice to anybody getting into a franchise situation is be smarter than I was at that time. <laughs> yeah. And I, I appreciate the transparency there. I think that's a great point. I think it's, it's a big benefit to the viewers, right? I think uh, you got to take all of those factors into consideration, the things you don't think about, right? The things that you think about now that you didn't think about prior. So I appreciate you sharing that. Thank you. And so, you know, and, and kind of curious here too, Joan, because um not sure, are, are you a, a one woman teamer? Yes. Okay. I, I so. own one studio when I'm an LS, I'm a corporation because I used um, 401k funds, not an LLC. Gotcha. And so, you know, obviously being a one woman team here, I mean, how do you, it's like basically one to 190. How do you manage those numbers and metrics? How do you, how do you know how long someone's been with you? If they're getting ready to cancel, if they're getting ready to renew, how do you track those numbers? Well, this, there's this club ready is the system that club okay. is using. Familiar. Familiar yeah. with that. So all of that data is readily available and um, cancellations aren't really a problem. We freeze uh, members if they're going away and so forth. It's, it's been hard out of the, out of the pandemic because um we froze a great many people just out of courtesy because we knew that people just didn't feel comfortable coming and so we lost and then now that we're saying all right you should you know put up or shut up <laughs> you know you yeah know, um <laughs> so we've lost people that way but on the other hand um there are many new people who, who are willing to come and give us a try. Yeah. I love that. I love that. And I, I think that's, that's, I mean, again, it, it's a big testament to yourself. And, um, you know, this question, I think it's, it's a, it's a good self-reflection question here and a good way to, to kind of, I guess beyond almost put yourself in the hot seat and interview yourself in a sense, right? I could say, but it's a little bit of a longer winded question here, Joan. So bear with me. If you need me to repeat anything, by all means, just let me know. Um, but we've been discussing on this podcast and what we typically, uh, you know, predominantly use in the fitness and gym industry are about three pillars of business, right? They're going to be your lead generation, which is your marketing, getting people through the door. Then you have your acquisition, which is just your sales, getting somebody from being an interested member or interested potential member to then being a paying member. And then lastly, you have your retention and your ascension, which is keeping your clients longer, but getting them to buy more from you in that process. 
Mm-hmm. So, Joan, of those three, where do you feel like you could improve the most? I would say that lead generation is where we can improve the most because during the pandemic, especially cash flow was not good. And lead generation the companies that were doing it were charging more than the cash flow would allow. So we passed on doing that. Now we've just started again with a company to, to run Facebook leads um, because our, our financial situation is better. Where we're particularly strong is retention because of how we treat our members. Um, Many members have my direct phone number um, and they know they can call me at any time. And I, you know, if somebody has to cancel a class, the rules are often that you have to pay or you either lose that credit or you get charged something. And um, what I choose to do is to tell people that, if you have to do something like that from time to time, life gets in the way and we will accommodate you. And so we lose that $15 charge. But on the other hand, we are human and we understand your humanity. And so our members really appreciate that. And that really feeds into the retention and also them giving us the leads. Yeah, yeah, 100%. And I think... Um... I'm kind of curious here too, because I know you are a franchise here. So does, and this is a good point for the viewers, I think for who do have franchises as well. So um, the marketing team that you do work with, is that provided through your corporate team there? They they provide that marketing for you or is this somebody that? um, It's, it's, they're associated with corporate, but the corporate has several groups that they, they say, these are the ones that are good to work with and you get to choose. Gotcha. Gotcha. That's awesome. Yeah. And I think that's, again, for, for a perspective for franchise owners is that's where you can get the benefit from your corporate team there to, to have that help, right? As long as it makes sense. Right. And so I, I love that. And, and so two questions for you, Joan, the last two questions, my two favorite questions. Um, what's the bigger picture for you guys, for Club Pilates and yourself? What are you trying to accomplish long-term? Um, well, I mean... We're one studio, I'm not gonna be buying another or getting it because um, this area is totally full. And uh, the long range picture is to grow grow the membership a bit more and um, happily move forward. Yeah. And keep the community that we have because we're very much about community and family And I can't tell you how wonderful it is to walk in and to know everybody's name and to know everybody's uh, physical issues. A woman just came back who was on freeze for a long time because her husband had a terrible autoimmune disease called Guillain-Barre and was in the hospital for literally 12 months. 
intubated and all these other things. And she just came back. And I can't tell you how wonderful it was to speak with her and to know her and to have that energy back in the studio. So having those contacts is, is better than money in many ways, because you know you're doing good for everyone. Yeah, yeah. I think, um, I think uh, for that, I think that's so important. As, as the owner, right, viewing yourself, that you can go above and that beyond and, and to, to really, really create that close of a relationship and in, in, in community with your team and, and your clients. I think that's the biggest thing. That is the biggest thing. And I, I think it's a beautiful thing, the fact that you do go to that length. Yeah, so not a lot of gentlemen is like you out there anymore. I'll tell you that, Joan. So that's great stuff. And so the last question I have for you, my favorite question by all means. Um, Joan, if you could go back in time to when you first started the gym, mm -hmm. sit yourself down and give yourself that one piece of advice that you think you really, really needed to hear when you first started, what would that advice be for you? I would have paid closer attention to the numbers and that I didn't was, um, has been a challenge. So that's my advice. Joan, that is a mic drop of an answer. I'm not even going to interrupt because I think that's so important. I think that I want to leave and solidify that emotion there because I think it's so true for all the gym owners that a we track our body fat, our macros, the weight on the bar, but sometimes you don't track our numbers. So important. So Joan, thank you for that. It's a good place to wrap things up on this episode. Before we sign out, Joan, you know, please shout out your Instagram, Facebook website, anything you have, where can people find out more about you and club Pilates? So we are club Pilates, excuse me, club Pilates, Ramsey, New Jersey. And we have Instagram and we have Facebook and we have our corporate account and um, anybody's our Instagram is very lively and you can get a good idea of the studio and the interesting ex exercises we get everybody to do. I love it. I love it. Joan, we absolutely appreciate your time and contribution to the podcast and look forward to seeing what you can accomplish down the road. Thank you. Just stick around for two seconds. If you can, Joan, just to let you know how you're going to get the podcast, I would appreciate it. Um, I was going to sign everybody else out over here. So, um, and to everyone else who tuned in today, we appreciate you as well. Don't forget, if you want to be notified about future episodes, hit that like and subscribe button. And if you want to come and join us, talk about your fitness business, click the link in the description, fill it out, and our team will be in touch with you very, very soon. And as always, till next time, Jim Lords out. Thank you for listening to this interview, but don't go anywhere. We still have two more incredible interviews coming right up inside this episode. But if you're a gym owner that's looking to get more clients, keep them longer, and make more money, head to the link in the description of this podcast and schedule a free leave your credit card at home consultation with one of our business consultants. You see, here at Gym Launch, we've helped over 4,000 gym owners across the world increase their sales, take home more money, and build the business of their dreams. And it simply starts with a phone call. Click on the link in the description of this podcast to schedule your call today. Now, let's head into the next interview. What's up, everyone? Welcome back to another episode of the Gym Lords Podcast. I will be your host today. My name is Brooke. Joining me on the show is Casey from Essers of Los Angeles in Los Angeles, California. Welcome to the show. How are you today? 
I'm doing great, thank you. I'm excited to have you here and to really learn more about what you do within your fitness business. But before we dive into that too deep, I want to hear a brief backstory as to why you decided to become a fitness business owner, Casey. Oh, gosh. Um, you know, I would say, you know, in in high school growing up in, in I was born in Indiana. I grew up in, in St. Louis, so I came from the Midwest and in high school, you know, I was 145 pounds, 150 pounds, same height as I am now. Um, and, you know, did cross country, did basketball, you know, I wanted to really excel at basketball, but soon found out that was not, that just was not going to happen. <laughs> and, uh, so I was like, well, you know, I really like exercising. I really like performing and, you know, got into strength training and actually had a personal trainer. And, you know, I was like, oh, that, that's, that was like really, really cool. And then, you know, my family, you know, went on a vacation to Los Angeles. Um, I think it was my sophomore, sophomore year of high school. And I was like, yo, this is, you've been holding out on me. This place is amazing. <laughs> <laughs> like, I'm definitely moving here. And, you know, things just sort of aligned around, okay, I'm into fitness. I now know I'm going to go to Los Angeles. Los Angeles is the Mecca of fitness. You know, I want to, you know, be a personal trainer. I want to own a gym in LA. Like that was, that was the dream basically from then on. And, you know, knowing for me that strength training, you know, gave me so much more confidence in my own life, you know, cause I was painfully shy and, you know, basically going into high school and knowing how much that helped me, you know, I wanted to, you know, basically give that back and be able to do that for other people by introducing them to strength training, introducing them to, you know, transforming their life and, you know, giving them, you know, that confidence to go after their dreams. I love it. You moved to LA to live your LA dream, but your LA dream looks a lot different than most people's. I mean, I feel like everybody that I know that moved to LA, like wants to move there for like acting or something, but you moved out there and you opened up a gym and now you have Essers of Los Angeles. Give us like your elevator pitch. Tell us who you are, what services you provide within your facility, kind of paint that picture for us. So we really understand your model as we kind of move forward in this conversation. Yeah. So, you know, Essers, you know, it's a lot of things, but if I had to sum it into, you know, as briefly as I could, you know, you know, first off, we do all personal training um, and it's in a semi-private format, but, you know, we're the place that you go when you want to do strength training the right way, when you, you know, want to avoid injury, when you want to move better, feel better, you know, of course, you know, we help with body fat loss and all of these things, but, you know, what we have control over is you getting stronger, you know, you feeling better, you being able to perform better, you know, and we, you know, one of the big differentiating factors with us is we require you to come in three times per week. You know, okay. I, when I started Essers, you know, I had worked at commercial gyms. I had worked with collegiate strength conditioning. I had done, you know, in-home training and classes and all these things. 
And Essers was really kind of born out of, okay, what are the pros of all of those things? What are the cons of all those things? And how can I sort of create like a training utopia of sorts and, you know, be able to have the specific attention and care of a personal trainer while still having the camaraderie that you see that CrossFit has done so well. How can I bring those two things together and, you know, create something really special where we have, you know, an incredibly committed clientele and that we only work with the people that we want to work with and that we work with for a very long time. You know, you have to fill out an application, you know, to come into the facility. And, you know, that just basically lets me know, okay, how committed are you to your goals? And could this potentially be the right fit? And then, you know, I talk with them on the phone, you know, further, you know, build that rapport. And then from there, if it still sounds like it could be a good fit, then we do an initial assessment. And that's kind of the, you know, the in-person meeting where, you know, we talk much more in depth, that we get that in-person interaction. We take them through a movement screen and all these things. And, you know, from there, then we know, okay, is this, is this going to work? And, you know, that's definitely been, I think the, the biggest factor in the success of the business so far is that we are so hyper-focused on the quality of the clientele and not just like mass marketing and trying to get hundreds of people in. It's more, okay, how can we curate our ideal client over and over again? Yeah, that's really interesting. So it sounds like it's more of like an exclusive kind of vibe. Like you said, you said something like you can work with anybody, but you want to work with the people that like want to work with you or, or something along those lines, um, yeah. people that are really committed to their goals. And so um, let me ask you, like, how many trainers do you guys have in this space right now? There's four. Four trainers. And with, with that, how many clients do you have? So right now we have between 60 and 70, you know, it can, it can, you know, fluctuate month to month, but that's generally where we're at. 72 is like the cap uh, okay. on the space. Okay. So really you're pretty much maxed out for, for how you like things. And so talk to me about how you find those clients. Cause like, I, like you said, it, it is, you are looking for more of, the right fit so how do you curate that client as you you kind of stated before um i would like to hear that because i think for most gym owners the hardest part is finding clients um i talk to people every day that's what i hear the you know people struggle to fill their space with clients you're pretty much filled out so tell us how you did it yeah great question um you know it was definitely a a long-term process And I think for me, it started with the long-term vision of what I ultimately wanted the business to be. You know, they say that the best marketing is just keeping the people that you already have um, versus always having to go out and find, you know, new people all the time. And that's kind of been a hallmark is that the, you know, average client at Essers will train for a minimum of one year. Many have been there five years, seven years, um, since it very much started. 
Um, but, you know, in the beginning, you know, I had four to six clients that I was bringing in from in-home training, you know, definitely was in tens and tens of thousands of dollars in debt for a while, but, you know, and trust me, it was, it was tempting, but I knew what I wanted the business to be. And I didn't want to just randomly start offering things to just to make that money back because I knew if I could continue to give the highest quality product that that would come and it, and it did you know there were there was a referral here a referral there you know I built out the website speaking to exactly what you know we we wanted to do and you know of course there are plenty of people looking to have a great trainer to not get hurt and you know it's and also it's Los Angeles you know we have a broad swath of people who care about how they look and feel. So, you know, basically from the, in that first year, you know, outside of a few referrals and, you know, getting a few inquiries through, through the website, you know, we just basically just built some really solid testimonials that went up onto Yelp. And it wasn't just like, Oh, great gem. Like these were like three to four paragraph reviews of, their experience that were unprompted from us. And that is still the number one way that we generate cold business is through Yelp. Um, that's, that's really interesting. So like people are just Googling probably like trainer near me and then mm -hmm. Yelp comes up, they see the positive reviews and you guys get new clients. And it sounds like, what would you, well, what would you say is the average lifetime of your client? Cause it sounds like it's pretty lengthy. Yeah, one year. One year. And that's that's yeah. amazing for personal training because it is a higher ticket item. It's not right. usual for people to stay one whole year with a personal trainer. So good for you guys. That's one year of income that you can count on month after month. Do you pay, do you do like monthly payments or do they pay like for one whole package like upfront? Yeah, so the basic is the monthly. Um, so there's that, but there's also a six month and a one year upfront incentive. Um, so we have several people who just pay for a year at a time, several who pay for six months at a time, and then some who, who do the monthly, but, uh, yeah, again, it comes back to, you know, with that retention rate, that is, you know, no accident in the sense that we did the work upfront to qualify the client to make sure that we're not bringing in someone that's going to come in for two months and then bounce. Um, you know, cause I can at this point sort of know, you know, having spoken right. to at this point, probably over a thousand people on the phone and in assessments who is really committed and who isn't. Yeah. And, mm -hmm. you know, we have no problem saying, Hey, this doesn't sound like it might be the, the right fit. So yeah. walk me through that process a little bit. The the initial kind of, you know, for example, I call you, I'm like, hey, Casey, I'm interested in coming to Essers. Walk me through the process after that and how you guys decide if somebody is a right fit. Yeah, yeah. It's so if someone were to just blanket call me and, you know, because usually, you know, I only 
will talk to someone if they have filled out that form only because I can get a sense of if they took the time to do that, that's kind of a big indicator. Right. Um, you know, cause people will, will sometimes call around and try to like price shop. Um, and I honestly don't even respond to those, but if I do pick up, you know, the question always comes back to what their goals are. And, you know, that's the first thing is, you know, what are your goals? Kind of tell me your, tell me your story. And I can get a sense of, you know, okay, if it's, you know, I'll give you an example of someone that, that maybe wouldn't be a right fit is, oh, well, you know, I'd like to lose like five pounds, um, like to lose like 10 pounds, totally fine goal. But Essers is, you know, you kind of have to have a bigger, you have to have a bigger goal. You have to have a, like a need to come in. You know, that's kind of how I, how I describe it to some people because most who come in have thought about coming in for upwards of a year, but they knew that they couldn't do it until they were actually ready because they knew, okay, three times per week, I'm, if I'm going to get the most out of this, I'm going to have to train for an extended period of time. And if you think about it, going anywhere three times per week for an hour, including the drive, I, I don't do that with any yeah. service business, <laughs> um, that's, that's a huge deal and a huge commitment. And you're doing something that's hard. You're coming in and you're sweating. You're doing yeah. things that make you uncomfortable. So, you know, I appreciate those who really, you know, wait until they're actually ready. But, you know, going back to that question, you know, I think I, I can sort of tell if they're just kind of, you know, if they want, if they kind of want something, but they don't need it, you know, because as another example, I just spoke to someone on the phone that was like, you know, I've had trainers in the past. I've, I've trained for a while. I've had pain. I've had all of this. I need to be able to train pain-free and I need to be able to have a coach who really knows what they're doing. And with that, you know, it's a slam dunk because right. they're, they see the value in it and they know that they need to do it to be, to be happy. Yeah. I think, you know, what you're doing here is very, very interesting because it's rare that I talk to somebody that's like, we only work with specific type of type of people, but it works for you. Obviously you've filled your space through this very, you know, um, in-depth process to bring on new members and your clients are coming in and staying for a year, training three times a week. That's incredible. Um, and very consistent too. Um, so, you know, I want to ask you a different question here, Casey, because I think that this is valuable for other gym owners that might be in a similar position to you. What would you consider to be your biggest bottleneck or challenge within your business right now? And what are you actively doing to kind of overcome that? Yeah, you know, I, I mean... Well, I'll tell you kind of what my long-term goal is, you know, obviously there's one location with Esther's right now, you know, I'm committed to, you know, opening at least two to three other independent locations and then franchising the model out. Cause the ultimate goal is to have a Esther's in every major city of the world. So the biggest, you know, you know, I could say it's, marketing or, or, or selling or all these things, I would say the biggest thing, and I, I know a lot of coaches and gym owners will relate to this, you know, let's say 
uh, it was probably like 18 months ago that I mostly removed myself from the coaching at the facility in order to focus mm -hmm. on the business, which was at first incredibly hard to do because right. I was a coach. That was my identity. And I loved working with people. They obviously were comfortable with me. The business was me. It's my name, my brand. And, you know, but stepping away from that and allowing the, like finding good quality people to have on your team to kind of step up and let them shine, you know, proved to be the best thing that I could have ever done. And I think now it's continuing to let go of even more control. Like for example, bringing in someone who, even though I consider myself very adept at selling, bringing in someone who can really focus on that, who can, you know, help market, help do social media, help do all these things that it's like, well, can I do that? Can I, is that something that I should invest in? You know, it's continuing basically to ascend to that level where you're delegating even more of what you know someone could be better at. You know, I think if you're a business owner, you have that sort of delusional confidence of, well, I, I, I can do it all. You know, I, you know, it's, I started it, you know, I got it to this point, I can keep going, but the higher up you go, the more people that you need <laughs> to make it happen. And, you know, that's kind of where I'm at now is, you know, figuring out what that direction sort of looks like to truly systemize and, and keep the, the business going, you know, and with another location, how does it begin without me? How does it look like? And, you know, that's sort of the stress test that I'm putting this current location under is because right now I'm not there at all. And that was a more recent development, but okay, let's see what the gaps are. Let's see what falls through the cracks. You know, do we still get clients in the door? Do we still have those crazy high retention rates? Um, but yeah, I think the, the number one bottleneck and also the number one way to grow is just continuing to find great people to work with. Yeah, for sure. And I think that, you know, you kind of talked a little bit there about just like, you know, continuing to delegate things that you, your responsibilities that you have off. That's a great step to take. And then, you know, when you also talk about the idea of franchising, it all comes down to like, if a franchise is going to see success, it's because of the systems and procedures that we provide to them. So we want like, we want to know that they're going to be able to fill their gym and be profitable as soon as possible. So what systems and kind of procedures do you feel like you really need to get in place now? Um, so that the possibility of franchising very soon um, becomes a reality. The biggest one is, is, truly documenting the, the selling process. Um, Cause for me, it's so automatic and it's like one of those things I don't even recognize sometimes what I'm doing, but putting that all on paper for, cause I'm still the person who meets with someone for the first time and does their initial assessment. Um, some of the coaches have done a few, but I'm still the, the point person for that. So documenting and training someone to really be skilled with that initial, you know, assessment or consultation or whatever you want to call it. That's, that's kind of the, the big one. And then 
also someone who can, you know, spend time calling people who've reached out in the past, following up with them, you know, just checking in, you know, because in my opinion, if someone reached out and actually filled out an application at any point, but didn't actually, you know, make it to being a full client, you know, they were, they were seriously interested. So, you know, and it happens with us too. Sometimes I'll like fill something out and then like get distracted or busy. And then since they, they follow up again later on, I'm like, oh yeah, actually, yeah, I, I do want to do that. <laughs> yeah. Uh, I mean, as salespeople, we have to do our due diligence to follow up with that person until they tell us to back off, basically. And that's how I see it. If I have a client who fills out a form for, you know, an intro or whatever, you know, I have on the website, I'm going to continue following up with them until I get a hold of them and create a follow-up system procedure that makes sense. I mean, I'm not going to call them like seven days seven times a day, every day for, you know, two months, but I'm going to figure out something that works. Um, that's very, very vital. That's a great point. And so another a question that I kind of sparked my interest here is like, if you think about franchising, are you going to have to do any sort of, I guess, marketing or create some sort of system for marketing so that the franchisee can successfully fill their gym? I mean, you've had great success in LA, but it might look different in another city. Sure. Yeah. And it's that, it's that, you know, process of how do you keep the quality and the long-term vision with someone that, you know, myself included in a franchise situation that would, you know, want a return relatively, you know, quickly and figuring out how do you do that without sacrificing our values and what we, what we stand for. And, you know, that's what I'm toying with, with now is, you know, working with different digital marketing agencies and consultants on how do we build a repeatable approach that speaks to what we do and what we want to offer and continues to bring in those high quality people that would have eventually found us, but now are just finding us faster. And that's, you know, what, what I'm, I'm dialing in on now. And, you know, it's, and while we're talking about it, it's, you know, I've had the business now for seven years, which I was like, wow, yeah, that's, that's such a long time. It's really nothing like in the, in the grand scheme of things, you know, when I started the business, you know, I was reading books like good to great built to last. Like that was sort of the, the model, you know, I read about Walgreens, which has now been around for over a century. And you know, I, I think in the world that we live in with Instagram and, and all these things, you hop on there and you see these ads for all these businesses, you know, oh, scale from this to this in 90 days. That, that's not a business that's going to last. You know, there's so many like, whatever the saying is, pan in the fire or whatever, that you can do all these things so quickly and, you know, make so much money so quickly. But if you really want to build something sustainable that you're happy with, that fulfills you, you have to have patience and you have to know it's, it's like, okay, if we're not, if we don't have five locations in 10 years, that's okay. You know, it's, and that's, you know, we can work and we can grow and we continue to get better every day, but mm -hmm. you know, at the same time, right? you know, I think there's sometimes a, a sort of, crazy pressure to 
scale. Like everything has to be like scalable, but you know, just continue to do good work and love what you do. And then, you know, have goals, but understand that these things take time. Yeah. I mean, I totally get that. And I think I have that similar kind of passion and, and heart for this. But when we look at the idea of like franchising, I think a lot of times like people franchisees might own multiple franchises and they might not have like that patience to sit there and like kind of wait. Right. Um, and like you've been very patient with it, but the franchisee might not necessarily be patient. And so I think like you touched on it, um, you know, working with a marketing agency or whoever it might be to help you find an offer that makes sense for you, because you're not going to put something out there. That's like, Hey, come in for a free six week challenge. Like that doesn't make sense for your clientele. You would never use that offer. You have to find something that's going to pull in those clients that are looking for a more high-end, um, hardcore goal kind of a situation. Um, and that will be kind of difficult to figure out, but it's all about testing and of figuring out what works in your market. Um, but that's a really great yeah. point. Um, I kind of want to ask one final question here, and I think it's great because you've seen wonderful success. So what would be a word of advice that you would have for somebody who is starting in this industry today? They just opened a gym today. What would you share with them, Casey? Don't listen to anyone. (laughs) I mean, there's so many people that will feel like they have some sort of right to your life or some sort of valuable opinion on on your life. But if you really want to do it, and you feel like you need it, like I was talking about with clients who who join our facility, if you feel like you need to own a gym and you are fully committed to that, then, then you do it. And, you know, it's, it's, I would say it's, it's gotten easier as time goes on, but it's just, different there's different challenges you know there are different challenges on day one that don't exist today and there's challenges now that we're not there on day one so you know i think it's easy to think oh i'm gonna like open a gym and like be rich and like it's gonna be all these things and yes it can be very rewarding but every day is a new a new challenge like it never just like levels off you know that's not it's not the world we 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 live in but going back to the first point you know i when i started the business you know obviously like i had a plan like i had a a vision uh, which i think is is the number one thing but and i had like some vague idea of the numbers but it never makes sense to start a business like it's mathematically it makes no sense if you talk to any rational person they'll say this will probably fail and it probably will statistically it probably will. Um, but again, if you are, if you need it, you love it. And it's your dream. You have to, you have to disregard all that. You have to do your own thing. If you're going around asking people, should I do this? You, you don't actually want to do it. You know, you, you have to, you know, bet on yourself always. Yeah, we are the sole person responsible for our successes. 
Um, and so I, I love that point because it can be very easy, especially in this industry. You know, there's gurus everywhere telling you this is what you need to do. This is how you're going to become successful. But truly, like you are the person that is in charge of making your business a failure or a success. So um, thank you for sharing that, Casey. What is the Instagram or the website? Where can our listeners go to find you online? Yeah, so the Instagram for Essers is just at Essers LA. And website is EssersLosAngeles.com. Very easy. And yeah, those are the, those are pretty much the main two for us. Awesome. Well, I'm excited to check it out. Thank you for yeah. spending some time with us today for giving back to the industry a little bit. We appreciate you. Listeners, thanks for tuning in. Don't forget, if you want to stay notified about future episodes, please hit like and subscribe if you want to join us for an episode here at the Gym Lords Podcast. Fill out the link in the description and we will be in touch with you soon. As always, until next time, Gym Lords out. Thank you for listening to the podcast so far. Don't go anywhere. We still have another episode coming right up right after this word from one of our sponsors. The Gym Lords podcast is sponsored by Prestige Labs. Prestige Labs is the first and only nutritional supplements company built by gym owners for gym owners. Prestige Labs solves the problem that all gyms have experienced, the broken inventory model, low commissions, and even lower quality products. Prestige Labs provides 100% drop shipping, zero inventory, PhD formulated high quality supplements for you and your clients. The goal is simple, cover 100% of your rent while never sacrificing your integrity. To learn more or to become an affiliate of Prestige Labs for free, apply at affiliate.prestigelabs.com. That's affiliate.prestigelabs.com. Double your client results, double your income. You can head to affiliate.prestigelabs.com to become an affiliate for free. Now stick around for the rest of this episode. Use coupon code GYMLORDS on prestigelabs.com for 20% off all future supplement orders. What's going on, everyone? Welcome back to another episode of the Gym Lords Podcast. I will be your host today. My name is Joe Fitzgerald. And joining us on the show, Mr. Stephen Thayer of Just Train, coming to you from Manteca, California. Stephen, what's going on, man? How are you today? How you doing, man? You know, just a good morning already. Had a few classes this morning. Just got done with my men and waiting on my 8 a.m. class to come in and get their legs done. So yeah. I'm excited. Bright and early on the West Coast, but not for fitness people. Fitness people up yeah. even earlier than that. 3.30 every morning. So 3.30 is my alarm clock every morning. I get here by 4.15, and then we're on by 5. There we go. As, as goes fitness for the most part. And, and so, Stephen, obviously we're here to talk just train. We're here to explore this business and, and see what kind of lessons we can learn from you. But when you describe just train for some context for people listening who may not be familiar with you or what you do, what is Just Train? What is this business about? So this business is about something I started a few years back. Um, I actually was going to open up a gym in 2018, and I hadn't invested. Well, when, when things, you know how that goes. You know, you're working with a friend, and, you know, you kind of figure out you don't want to work with some friends in certain areas of your life. And that's kind of how it was. I started feeling tension and things like that. So I kind of took that brand back and kind of kept it my own um, and made sure when I did that, that um, everything was just my name and everything that I was doing for another gym. I was making sure that I was just writing everything down. So just train to me is when I was in Missouri and I was playing football, you know, my coach would always just tell me, you just got to train. Like you just got to train to get better. 
you know, and that was on your own time. So a lot of our athletes would never go out and do it on their own. Um, and he told me, if you want to be an All-American in this sport, you got to just train on your own. You got to go do it. So I always stuck that with me. And I kind of just made sure when I brought it to California, because I was in Missouri, that I just made it my own brand. You know, so everything I did was just train. I wanted to tell all my clients that I've had for the last five or six years, we're here to just train. Right. We got to handle nutrition on the outside of this. But our main hour here is to learn and to train. So if we're not here just to train or, or get the knowledge from there, I can't really help you guys when it comes to certain things. So, yeah. And so the name makes sense. The branding, we're just here to train it all. It all adds up. Now, walk us through kind of the, the process and the timeline of actually getting this started. What, how long was it from the moment you had the idea, hey, I'm going to start my own business to the day the doors actually opened? How long of a timeline was that? So timeline for me was in 2016, I got done with, with the NFL trying out and playing for college and everything. So I tried out for the NFL, you know, got to go out to Kansas City Saint, and St. Louis at the time, um, did my combine in New Orleans Saints. So in 2017, when I got my job at Fit Republic, I just wanted to be a housekeeper, just wanted to be a janitor, go and clean up and everything. Well, when I got in there, they had this thing, group training. And I had never been around it. I've only seen one-on-one -on -one training. I've seen CrossFit. I've seen certain things like that. So in 2017, I would say July is when they threw me in the group training. And I fell in love with it. You know, I actually pulled myself away from traveling, from football, and all of those aspects to give it my all in this training. And when I found out what the group training was about and how you can get that many people together, I kind of wanted to start my own brand. And that was when I pushed out Just Train. So from 2017 on, I hit 2018, and that's when I was like, all right, I'm about to start a company. I want to go ahead and reach out. Well, things didn't go as planned. Um, like I said, I started feeling tension between somebody, and I just wanted to make sure when I did this, I did it on my own. So if I failed it, I didn't fail anyone else. So 2019 came around, um, and I just continuously started to get promoted in the company I was at. So it was kind of hard for me to pull away. They put me into the head coach position. And then they made me the mentor. And then I did all the hiring and firing. So I just didn't feel like I was ready to leave the company. So when 2020 hit, the pandemic hit, and that was when I really started thinking, okay, I might have to do something on my own. You know, this company I've been with had already filed bankruptcy in the past and changed mm -hmm. their name. So I was figuring that was something that was going to happen again in the future. So I started getting on my clientele base and letting them know, hey, guys, in the next year or two, I plan on opening up my own facility. So 2021 came around April 9th, and we had been doing outdoor workouts um, during the pandemic, and we were able to open our gym April 9th of 2021. That same day, I get a call from my manager at 6.30 p.m. and told me, hey, we can't open the doors anymore. We've lost this location. So they filed bankruptcy. They went down. They changed their name again. They called me back and offered me a job for 15 an hour. I was making 45 already Oof. before I the company. Oof. So it hurt me a little bit and I wanted to make sure, you know what, I don't, it's not the corporate side of it I was worried about. I just have been with corporate gyms before and I kind of wanted to step outside that and test what I can do. So I went to a backyard for about four months and I was making such good money and only training 25 people that I had about 50 on the sideline that I can pull from. So what I did was I found a building I looked for four or five months for this building. I got passed up on it two times, two times. And then I made the decision when they called me back. 
to get in here and pay the deposit in the first months. Yeah. And so here we are, right? Here we are. This business. Yeah. You have a headquarters of which we can build upon now. Walk mm -hmm. us through kind of the, the main services that you have now with that you have the physical location. Okay. So what I offer here is I do offer weight loss. I offer a lot of strength and conditioning. I do have a lot of people in my facility that have been with me five or six years. So we've burned a lot of that weight off. You know, so now we're in that we're in that zone of trying to build muscle um, by still maintaining and burning fat. Uh, so I do a lot of strength and conditioning and I do some hit classes at night. So I would suggest in the morning, if you're looking for that strength side of it to come in, if you're looking for more weight loss, we offer that more at nighttime. Then I offer for sports and agility. I offer speed training, sports agility, strength and conditioning. Um individual workouts for your specific uh your specific sport so for my baseball players they do train a little differently than my football players same as my soccer players so i have a specific training program for them um each time they come in to make sure that it's not tailoring towards one sport got it okay and so i mean really something for everybody you name it we can help you in some you capacity at least yeah how do you how do you market this, Stephen? What's what's sort of been working for you to be able to get the word out about this new facility, this new brand? How have you been able to successfully bring in new people? All right, so it might sound crazy, but my first year here, I almost didn't want that. I was already overwhelmed with clients that I had because they were paying fifty dollars at my old gym. So my members was about four hundred and thirty-two. At about 432 members and I taught eight classes a day. So I already knew I had a great following. And what I didn't want to do in here is open the doors and just get bombarded by everybody and then not be able to service everyone correctly. So what I did was I got a list of names and emails throughout the time of my last six months of my last company. And I made sure to reach out to those people and inform them what I was doing. You know, and I also let them know if you bring in two to three friends, this is what it would be for your first month. So I tried to do it word to mouth in that type of advertising. Um, everyone knows me for sports and what I did and what I accomplished in my sports. So I knew once I put my name up on the building that um, it would kind of blow up a little bit, you know, and, and help me out with the advertising. So I'm actually putting up my first sign in the next two months. So the first year on my building, I had no signs. I had nothing that would even tell yeah. you this gym. I didn't, you know, once I opened up the group training, I had never done the sports side of it yet in, in an actual facility of my own. So I knew once I got the kids, I would get some of their parents and then, you know, it would kind of okay. back in. So yeah, once so I get, get the parents and it would help me out more. So I told myself my first year, it's going to be word to mouth. And I advertise a little bit on Instagram, TikTok. Um, my Facebook and a little bit of my social media platforms. Ah, okay. That's a, that's a conversation that we could get into because I think a lot of people that listen to this podcast want to leverage social media and struggle with it. And so for you to this point, almost entirely organic, but right there at the end, you mentioned TikTok, Instagram, a little bit Facebook. What are you doing on these platforms? What's, what's been successful for you? So the last two months after I got my website built, um, I got really in, in depth with how people grow on social media and how they grow their following. So what I did was I did some YouTube research, you know, the algorithm, where it plays out, you know, if you're a business account to a creator account mm -hmm. and 
see your insights, right? Your insights really tell you what time your followers are on, what time the outside followers that people that look at you that aren't following you are on and when they're looking at your stuff. So when I learned that information, I started using it to my advantage and I started posting at certain times. Now, back in the day, I would just post, 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 post. And I didn't realize that I wasn't always getting the audience that I wanted. So when I realized I have to put certain hashtags, I have to make sure it's at a certain time. I got to make sure I'm explaining and I'm teaching them something, not just, Hey, here's a workout video. Yeah, providing value in other yeah, ways. Here's push pool day. You guys can do with functional equipment. You know, you don't need a gym for this, but you do need a barbell squat rack, bumper plates and certain things like that. So when I started doing the research, I made one post and I told myself, I'm going to give myself three posts. If I don't blow up in those three posts, I don't know what I'm going to do after this. I'm just going to, I guess, almost annoy my Instagram followers in a way. So I followed everything the algorithm told me to do. And I actually, on my first post, I seen a big increase, right? Usually I would get three, 5,000 views. I got 13,000 views. And I was like, okay. And then I seen how many people sent it out and how many people shared it and also saved it. So I had about 30 some people save it. I had about 140 people sent it out to somebody else. So when I seen that, I was like, okay, all I did was give a little information about my push pull leg day. I dropped some hashtags that would help me grow, not just like gym, you know, like gym etiquette or like push pull, very specific. Make sure, you know, you have three big ones, three medium and three large. So you should have no more than 12 hashtags. That definitely helps you when you're doing that. And you want to make sure, Three of them are big, three of them are medium, three of them are large, right? So you want to make sure you're doing things like that. And then I started learning about TikTok. You know, my girlfriend was always on it. I was never a big fan of it. I was like, hey, it's just another social media platform. But when I did the research on it, they said that's the number one platform to grow on right now. Sure. They're almost turning it into, into a YouTube in a way is what they, what they were saying. So I started doing research on that. None of my TikToks have really gotten too much. But what I can tell is when I do the TikTok and I put it on my Instagram, it starts to grow even more. So that's what I'm trying to use as much as possible. I'm not really on Twitter or YouTube yet, but my goal is to start doing those things. I just recently bought a camera to get more into depth with my videos and all of those things. Have you you spent like, are you actually like spending money to advertise these things or is this just organic reach? No, this is organic reach. I think, after I was trying out for the NFL, you know, I got, I received a lot of followers and I received a lot of people okay. that were you know, looking up to me and everything. So I think I grew pretty fast when it came to my sports. Yeah. When I got group training, I started getting all those clients. So, you know, I had about 4,500 people and I just started realizing like, Hey, I got a lot of people I'm not reaching out to yet. So I was just like, what's another way I can do it without going to throw out my cards or, or get postcards and, and send them out or throw my signs up. Yeah. I wanted to see if I can do it with just me advertising yep. and put it up yet. Okay. Take us to the next step, Steven. Obviously the, these followers on social media or any kind of leads that we're generating leads don't mean much to a business. It's paying customers that are meaningful to a business. And so when somebody reaches out to you and says, hey, I'm interested in training, walk me through what a typical sales process looks like for you. Okay, so the biggest thing is I always ask them, you know, straightforward, what's bringing you in today or what made you email me, right? Just so I can start to build a report, right? Because if you're not building a report, they might not feel that they're somebody that you're trying to help. 
they might just see you as trying to take their money. So I always make sure I build a rapport, ask the important questions. You know, do you have a special date coming up? Is there anything that you're working towards? You know, have you seen a doctor recently that lets you know to get into the gym? Um, are you just trying to get in here because you've been waiting for years. So that's one of my first processes. My second one is to let them know that I give them their first two weeks for free. And I know a lot of people are like, whoa, that's too long. That's crazy. We give three days. We only give a day. Well, by their second week, they've already fallen in love with what I offer. Right. So that first week, the first three days, they're sore. They don't really know what's going on yet. The timer. So all of these things are things that I explain to them. So they get that two weeks and understand that, hey, I get to learn everything. I get to learn the format, the structure. Every day I come in, what muscle group we're working on before I just hand my money. In. And mm. I've always done that to be big for me because my old gym would tell me, hey, give them three days and no more. By their third day, they're not coming back because they're super sore. You know, they might come back on that fifth day after taking a day off and be like, hey, I've never felt this way, but it feels amazing. So when I opened the doors, I told them or I told myself, I'm going to give them two weeks, see how that plays out. And it's been amazing. You know, once they come in here, I make sure they sign the liabilities. They look at the contracts that I offer or my month to month processes they can choose from, which makes it cheaper if they're in a contract or month to month if they want to pay full price. And then once I go from that, um, I go in here and I give them a small workout, right? I want to make sure they know what we work with, the TRXs, the battle ropes, you know, the bumper plates, the barbells, the kettlebells, all of those things. So they know they can handle what they're doing. In the past, what we used to do is seminars, right? So we would do them on Saturdays and Sundays. Well, I've been with everyone for so long that a lot of people weren't showing up, you know? So now once I start to advertise more, I'm going to bring those back. But I also uh -huh. found those to be huge, right? You bring them in on a Saturday, you teach them all the fundamental workouts that we'll be doing, all the compound lifts, you know, all the functional lifts that we'll be doing. Make sure they feel comfortable and confident, you know, throw out some nutritional information for that reason. And then they're really bought in, right? So that first two weeks, then I give them a free class and then I make sure they understand nutrition, supplements and all of those things. And then we go from there before I ask for the payment. Got it. Okay. And so with that, that sort of two week trial and them experiencing all of this, do you track like conversion on who signs up and who doesn't in that time? Oh. Or do you have like a percentage in mind? Mm -hmm. So for me, I would say I'm about 75 to 80%. I've only had a few people walk out. I know I've only been doing it for so long, but I've only had a few people walk out and most ah, of the time, the, Hey, I live 30, 40 minutes away or my schedule changes because for a while, I just started offering night classes about a month and a half ago on the 13th of June. Okay. So we don't have like the data to really measure whether it's exactly. okay. That makes more sense. Strictly just mornings and mornings only. I did 5am, 6am, 7am for men, 8am and 9am. So I was doing five in the morning and then I would train my athletes at nighttime. But since I got my girlfriend on board and we're able to offer those, now we can see how much more we're going to get because my night classes are the ones that are growing because I've already had my mornings. Right. So it's the night classes that we're kind of testing right now to see how everything is working. Got it. Okay. And so with the business maturing a little bit, now that we're getting kind of our feet underneath us and we've got our bearings a little bit more, walk me through what the next 12 months are going to look like. What's sort of some, some shorter term targets that you have for the business? So my goal in the next, I would say six to 12 months is to grow online as well, right? I want to make sure that all of my clients that can't make it in or that don't have the schedule um, that I offer, 
You know, I want to make sure that I have a platform online to where they feel that they're connected to the gym as well as being at home with workouts they can do on their own. So right now I bought that camera. I've been making uh, individual videos of each exercise and what I can show them. So when they go on the portal, they can see, okay, how can they correct themselves? How can they work at home? And then how can they still be a part of the gym? So that was one of the main things I wanted to do in the next six to eight months. Also, I want to grow my athletes. That's always been my main concern. I was never able to do it with any of the other companies I was at. And I've also informed my client and my girl that, hey, I'm going to be hiring a few more, you know, group training coaches so I can do the athletic side of it. Because my goal in the next two to three years to turn this in to a 24 hour like snap fitness in a way to where they can come in, check in because it's a 5,000 square foot building and then go find about an 8,000 square foot where I can cut in half and do athletes and group training. And then me specifically just focus on the training for the athletes. Yeah, yeah. that makes a lot of sense. I, I find that when I talk to business owners that are fairly early on in their tenure, you wear all the hats, you do everything. You are the CEO, you're the head coach, you're the janitor, you're the marketer, you're the sales. Uh, and, and so at a certain point, it makes sense to bring on some other people to help offload some of these things so that you can focus on what you truly are skilled and, and valuable in. Do you know what I mean? I agree because my first five to six months here, I went straight from losing my job, to going into a backyard, to, to coming in here for three months and just painting, doing all the hard labor, and then not even giving myself a, a week or two week break and going straight into training people. So that that was very hard on me because I didn't give myself enough time to, to fix all the business side of it. And I had to, to slowly do that as I was going my first four to five, six months. So it was a little yeah. overwhelming. Um, if I would have had a partner you know, at first, then it would have been a little easier for me to focus on the business side of it. But, you know, it kind of kind of made me realize what I needed to learn. So it forced me to grow a little bit by by yeah, not being, necessarily a bad thing. Yeah. Yeah. I was in a panic because I'm like, how do I do all this training for 12 hours a day? And then I got to learn the business side of it. But by the time I get off, all the people that I need to go see are close. Yep. <laughs> so it was kind of a hard thing to juggle at first. But once I got to about my sixth month, I got everything on the business side handled. It was like, all right, let's think about taxes. Let's think about growing. And let's think about getting all of our old members that don't even know about us in here. I find that the best examples of business owners that I talk to have at least an idea of how everything functions in their business. And then along the way, if they can find somebody that's better at it, fantastic. Let's put them in that role. But when business owners are only good at training, don't know how marketing works, don't know how, how accounting works, don't know how sales or operations works and put somebody in that role. We can't really evaluate whether they're doing a good job or not, right? For you having that working knowledge at the beginning of building this business is really going to lay a solid platform for you to, to eventually build on top of. And so Stephen, big picture this thing with me. Where do you see the, the Just Train brand or where do you see this business five plus, 10 plus years down the line? So in about five years, like I said, I want to be able to go out and get another building and just mainly focus on my group training 
and, and, and the athlete side of it. So in the next five years, I want to make sure I get that building, but then I want to focus on franchising out. In this area, we don't have very many sports facilities. Um, and that was one of the biggest reasons why I chose to do what I did here and turn it into half group training and half sports facility. Because when, when I have athletes that walk in here, the way that I made the gym, their eyes just pop. They're like, he bought Rogue. He's got all these paintings. Mm -hmm. He's doing all these athletes. And the main thing I want to do is be able to push that out into another city or another town or another state to where I can grow, go out there, make sure I build a strong enough team and then give back to the kids. Spot on, man. It's an incredibly exciting conversation when we talk to somebody this new because there are so many different routes that you can go. Right? Yeah. There are an unending list of, of possibilities with which how to run your business, but it'll be incredibly interesting to see how that actually shapes up for you along the line. Steven, that's a really, really great place for us to begin to wrap our conversation up. But before we sign out of here, I want to give you the chance to tell people where they can learn more about Just Train. What's the best website? What's the best social media? Where can people go? All right. So for my social media, I do have two platforms. I have two um, Instagrams and the TikTok. So one is under Just Train 93. So when you look it up, it's J-U-S-T underscore train and then 93. Okay. So if you can't find that, you can always go to my regular um, account. It's Stephen Thayer, S-T-E-H-E-N Thayer. And then you can always look that up as Young Thayer 6. Okay, so that's going to bring you to my business and my main account. So it's kind of a bit of both. Um, and then my TikTok, I just turned that on as well as Just Train 93. So you can go on there and find me and look at all the movements I do, some of my personal workouts. And, and coming up, I'll be building how to squat, how to do certain movements so you guys can learn from it. That's fantastic. Steven, I can't thank you enough for contributing here. I think these types of conversations amongst fitness business owners become really, really valuable, not only to just be proud and, and acknowledge what we've been able to accomplish, but also to see where we still have some work to do and what else we can be doing. So I thank you for sharing both. I wish you nothing but the best moving forwards, my man. Truly appreciate that. Thank you for having me on here today. And I, uh, once, once you guys get it all set up, I want to make sure um, I give a big shout out on my Instagram and all those things for you guys. So thank you all for right. having me. Appreciate it. And to everyone who tuned in today, thank you as well. Don't forget, if you would like to be notified about future episodes, hit like and subscribe. If you're interested in joining us to talk about your business model, click the link in the description, fill it out. Our team will be in touch with you soon. And as always, until next time, Jim Lords out. Thank you so much for listening. If you found this content valuable, here's four ways we can help you grow your gym for free. One, grab a free copy of Alex Ramosi's best-selling book, Gym Launch Secrets at alexsbook.com. Two, join our free Facebook group at alexsgroup.com. Three, if you're a gym owner, you can apply to be on the podcast by emailing us at podcast at gymlaunch.com. Four, leave us a five-star review so we can gain access to more gym owners and bring those lessons back to you. And as always, Tap that button and subscribe to this podcast for more.